0: All right, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, we miss you, we love you, and we're just gonna dig right into the word today. I want to give you some encouragement. During this time that we are going through, I think one of the things that we're noticing is how down people can get, how down each one of us can get, how discouraged at so many things, parents, spouses, Children can be, and I just want to take some time this morning to have a little bit of fun in the scriptures and to encourage you all right to lift you up. So, here's what we're going to do we're going to head into the Old Testament book of First Kings, the Old Testament book of First Kings. Kings. We're going to do a little recap, all right? We're going to touch on a story that uh, we've preached before. We're going to talk about the prophet Elijah, all right? Elijah, and everybody knows that Elijah, all right, took on the prophets of Baal, all right? He took on the prophets of Baal, and it was a huge battle, and Elijah was very confident, even probably to the point of a little arrogance and a little jeering and a little sniding. But it was a, it was a big day. Uh, they brought the cows. They built the altars. Uh, the prophets of Baal danced and they sang and they danced and they sang. And it was an all-day affair that ended up with nothing. And basically, Elijah just said, hey, God, after they drench our cow and after there's a moat filled with water, would you just snatch that up? Bam! Fire out of the sky completely wiped them out, and then all the prophets are killed, and it's a huge victory for the prophet of the Lord. And Elijah, he's flying high. He's feeling good, all right? And he says to King Ahab, we ain't got no worries, brother. The rain is going to come. The famine is going to be over. Head back to the castle, all right? Go home. Enjoy. I'll be there. We're going to party, and it's going to be Fantastic. So his spirits are up. His his, his smile is, is across his face. His eyes are glistening. And we, we actually get to a verse that I think people skip over. He takes care of a few things after he sent Ahab. And mind you, Ahab is in like chariots. He sends Ahab back in a chariot, takes care of a few things. And then the Bible tells us that he took off running and actually beats Ahab to the castle, so uh, the flash uh, appears in the scriptures, and and things are just good. And there are times in our life, all right, when we are plugging, we are moving along, and 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 our, our our souls, they're good. Our physical body, it's good. Our mental state, it's good. Now let's be clear: your mind, your body, your soul. The Bible talks about these throughout the scripture. We are made up of more than just uh, us or more than just a body, all right? We have a mind, we have a body, and we have a soul, all right? And those three, they can move separately, but they all have an effect on the other. If our thinking gets bad, our spirit can go down. If our thinking and our spirit goes down, then that can take our body down with it. Have you ever noticed people who have anxiety or people who get depressed or people who are going through something they oftentimes maybe maybe lose weight or or they begin to have some some tummy issues or they begin to have headaches all right our physical all right is tied to our mental is tied to our emotional and our spiritual is tied to our soul mind body and spirit they're all tied together all right so if we can begin to lift one or lift the other or work on each one they will all be more healthy all right We got to understand that those scales slide together and affect each other. So they're riding high, all right? As we have often uh, been riding high, okay? And they get back to the castle and King Ahab is sharing the news. All right, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. He tells the story, all right? So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Now, when things are riding high for Ahab, when things were riding high for Elijah, in steps Jezebel. Jezebel, and Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, came to Beersheba in Judah and left his servant there, and he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said, take my life. I've had enough. Take my life. Now, let's be clear. In 24 hours, a day's journey, all right, he goes from riding high, having a, 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 a party getting ready to happen at the castle, to I am, things are bad and they're so bad I want to die. Now, listen, th- th- this has a cycle, all right? This, this has a cycle because here's what happens, all right? We get discouraged, Somebody says something, somebody does something, an event happens in our life that discourages us. And that discouragement leads us to be depressed, and we get depressed. And that depression leads us to despair because depression and disparity pull away at, at one of the fruits of the Spirit, hope, all right? So, so hopelessness enters in. And a lot of times, a lot of times, when, when, when we get discouraged, and then we become depressed, and then we fall into despair, all right? Our mind carries us all the way down. Our bodies take a toll physically. Our spirit takes a toll. Emotionally, we take a toll, and there are times, and we've seen this happen, where it just, I just just don't want to be here anymore. Elijah is there. It makes me want to die. Jezebel stepped in. And now Elijah wants to die. He's coming off the highest of highs and he yells out to God, I'm done with it all. Now let's stop for a minute because I gotta tell you, our society, our community, our lives have taken a hit by a Jezebel. Jezebel is someone who threatens your life, threatens your way of life threatens how you walk and talk in our life. And in 2020, our Jezebel has been the Rona. That's right. Coronavirus is a Jezebel. And she brought her gaggle of girlfriends too. See, See, Jezebel showed up. Coronavirus showed up and brought her friends. She brought her friends racism. She brought her friends wildfires. She brought her friends tropical storms and hurricanes. She brought her friends, the media, to magnify everything. And it has threatened our way of life. It has pulled us out of our daily routine. It has taken us down off the high and into the valley. It has impressed upon our souls. It has stolen from our spirits. It has caused us to be in despair. It has wrecked our financial situation. It has wrecked our societal norms. Jezebel has caused us to be threatened, caused our way of life to be overturned, and we have become discouraged. Some have even become depressed we have watched a fog of despair come over our friends and our family even to the point of saying i i give up i give up and and our minds are just overwhelmed by everything that we are seeing and hearing on a constant basis 2020 this 2020 that when will it ever in, and our, our the weight of our souls have been crushed because we have not had the camaraderie. We, we have not had the community. It's a tough time. And I want to look at what God does in a tough time. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. He lay down under a bush and he fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around his head and there was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Wasn't just manna on the ground. There was bread that had been baked over hot coals and a glass of water. Let me tell you what God does, all right? what God does. He has been doing it since the beginning. We'll continue to do it now if we focus our minds on it and understand it, and we'll do in the end. God is a God who meets our needs, all right? God meets our needs. Now, now Elijah's mind is in a bad place. Elijah's spirit is down, but he has also journeyed for a day. He's about to take another full day's journey, which would physically take it out of anybody. As far as we know, he's had nothing to eat. So here's what God does. Elijah cries out to God and he's honest with them. And church, we've got to be honest. It's not like God doesn't know what's going on. Confession is not For him. You don't surprise him by letting him know how you feel. Confession, openness is for you. It's getting it out there. So Elijah says, God, honestly, this this has made me just want to want to be done with it all. Okay. God doesn't lecture him right then. God meets his physical needs. He fed him. He cared for his body because God knows what we know. They're all intertwined. That's why we talk about when we go out and and spread the gospel, when you go out and you love on people and you find someone is hungry, that person doesn't need a track. That person doesn't need a cross. You don't minister to them by saying, hey, you need to be in church. You minister to them with a happy meal. They don't need happy words. They need happy meal, all right? They need some extra McNuggets so their belly is full. If they're cold, they need a coat. That's what happens here. God meets his needs. In fact, when God teaches us to pray, that's what he asks us to pray for because he knows whatever you ask, ask in my name, ask in my ways, and your joy will be complete. Uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, and he's it not even asking, give us this day our daily bread. We can expect God to meet our deeds. Don't let your mind get turned so far. Don't let your hearts get in despair so much that you don't remember that God is always there, and God will always meet your needs. God meets his needs. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, tapped him on the shoulder. Get up and eat. You got to eat. The journey is too much for you. Listen, anybody ever felt that way? The journey is too much for me. The parenting, the kids, the job, the finances, the Rona, the school, the homework, the video, the audio, the online, the in-person, uh, all of the decisions, the elected it's too But Have you ever felt like that? Here's what the angel says. All right, all right, all right, all right. Stop focusing on all that. Let's start simple. Get up and eat. Listen, start your day roll out of bed, and don't think about all the other stuff. Grab yourself an egg McMuffin. Grab yourself a bowl of oatmeal. Sip on some coffee on your front porch, on your back porch. Get some sustenance for your body and some quiet for your mind. The angel came back. Get up and eat. The journey's too much for you. There's more. That's not going to fix the problem. Coffee's good, but but it ain't God, all right? I love it, but it ain't gonna. So he got up, he ate, and he drank, and strengthened by the food, so his body's better, all right? His body's better. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights till he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. So now he's going to Mount Oreb to meet with God. Now, I want to be clear about something here. 40 days and 40 nights is interesting to me because it reminds me of another time. It reminds me of another prophet who was hungry. It reminds me another time when the spirit and and the body had to be weakened. And it reminds me that when the spirit and the body are weakened, that's when Satan wants to attack. That's when he wants to take you from a little discouragement into depression. That's when he wants to take you from depression into despair. Do you remember that it was Jesus himself who had been hungry, who had been uh, not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, and he'd been alone in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He's been through the loneliness. He's been through the mind games. He's been through the temptations of Satan to go lower. And he's been hungry, and Satan comes to him in that time. He says, see them rocks there? Why don't you turn them rocks into bread? You know you're hungry. Satan's going to come to us when we are at our lowest, and he's going to try to drive us lower, and he wants nothing more. He wants nothing more for the Jezebels in our world to support the prophets of Baal, all of the ones against the Most High God, and he wants nothing more than his prophets, than his believers, than his people to be in a place where they say, this life ain't worth living anymore. I just wanna give up. Do not, do not Let Satan whisper in your ear. Rise up. Not today, Satan needs to be your mantra. All right? Start simple. Grab a cup of coffee. Grab a piece of bacon. Feed your body. Read. Feed your soul. He went into a cave where he spent the night. So he is on the Mount of God so that he can commune with God and God's. Not there. So here's what he says. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They put your prophets to death and I'm the only one left. So now he's been hungry and we know that he's feeling alone. He has left his servant and he has tried to go out on his own. So he's feeling like he's by himself. And now they are trying to kill me too. God says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord and I am about to pass by. The Lord is about to pass by. then we have an incredible story. A great and powerful wind tore through the mountain and shattered the rocks, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper so here's what happens all of these things happen all around elijah and the question is will you start reading into those things or will you remain focused on god's promises god said wait and i will come come to the edge i will be there all right i will be there and all of these things go on but god was in none of them giant quake not there huge mighty rushing wind not there fire not there When Elijah heard the gentle whisper, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. He went and stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Again, what are you doing here? Doesn't God know? Yes, the question is not for God. The question is for Elijah. Listen to me. When you start crying out and speaking up, it's for you. Listen, talk to God. Tell him how you feel. What are you doing here, Elijah? I have been zealous. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets, and now they're trying to kill me too. God, I'm fed up. God, everything that's happened just in the last 24 to 48 hours, everything that's happened building up to now, it has overwhelmed me. All right, all right. Then the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. Anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from abel to succeed you as prophet." Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. I reserve 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed down to bow and whose mouths have not kissed them. Listen to me. God doesn't just say, here's your instructions, go do it. He overcomes his discouragement with encouragement. Here's what he says. He says, Elijah no matter what you see going on around you, no matter how many fires come, notice I wasn't in the fire. No matter how many winds blow, notice I wasn't in the wind. No matter how much thunder and lightning there is, how much earthquake there is, listen to me, I wasn't in that. You have to be paying attention because right now there's a gentle whisper and that gentle whisper is gonna remind you of something. I am in control, not just of now, but of yesterday, today, and of forever. And I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You're gonna anoint a king and he's gonna take care of things. You're gonna anoint another king and he's gonna finish that. And you're going to anoint another prophet that's going to follow up everything that you're doing and it's gonna be okay and you're not alone because whether you know it or not, there are 7,000 people out there just like you. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they are not there. I have surrounded, surrounded the kings, the prophets with witnesses, with my people. It's going to be okay. And after God spoke to him, Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, and he was plowing his yoke of ops. And another incredible story. But what happens is Elijah throws his cloak over him. And what that means, all right, in the Old Testament, what that means is I am calling you. God has called you. I am asking you to wear my cloak. Take up my mantle. You're going to be the one who goes forward. Elisha left his oxen, ran after Elijah, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye. And When I've come, go back. I haven't done anything to you. Elijah left and went back, took his oxen and slaughtered them, burned the plowing equipment, and they ate a big meal, and then he set out to follow Elijah. And I've preached on this before too. Kill the oxen and burn the plows. Kill the oxen and burn the walls. You know, with despair and and with depression and with discouragement, you know what we tend to do? We tend to say, Sunday morning's okay. It's kind of our freedom. We tend to say, hey, we, we take a vacation and then we come back and we take it up. God says, put the past in the past. Remember our journey through Philippians, forgetting what is behind And reaching toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Here's what God says Not only am I going to give you a counterpart, because that's what Elisha left, so now he has, uh, that's what Elijah left, and now he has Elisha. So God met his physical needs. God met his spiritual needs by being with him. And then God met the needs of his body, mind, and spirit by giving him someone to talk to. I don't think you understand how important that is. I don't think I understand how important that is. You know what we do? We isolate. How how smart is that? We isolate. So our minds are going down, right? All right, we're spiraling down. And so the conversation we're having is not with someone else. The conversation we're having is with ourselves. So I am depressed and I am telling my depressed self what to do because my depressed self obviously knows how to get my depressed self out of this depressed state. And we have this conversation which only drives us down, which Satan sits and laughs at. And God says, I didn't create you to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. From the very beginning, this has been true. This is why we believe so heavily in community. But let me warn you of something else. You can't just go picking anyone. You know what we sometimes do? We need to find someone who's in the same situation as us. We need to find someone who is just like us. We need to find someone who agrees with us. We need to find someone who won't hurt our feelings even more. That may not be what you need. Sometimes prophets get their feelings hurt. Sometimes prophets get put in their place. Sometimes disciples get disciplined, all right? They're part of the same word, disciple, discipline. That's how you grow. You need to be yanked out of that despair. You don't need to surround yourself with three or four other depressed or, or people into despair, and talk about how you feel better because we're all in the mud. You're still in the mud. You're still in the mud. You're just in the mud together. No, get up out of the mud. Find somebody who's out of the mud, all right? Have them reach down and pull you out. Let them help wash you off without judgment. Let them help God, discipline you with love. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. We can be encouraged because God's not gonna let us go hungry. God's not gonna let us be defeated. And God's not gonna leave us alone. But we have to be honest about where we are. We have to be honest about who we are. And we have to keep reaching up instead of just across. We need each other. And this story shows us exactly what God wants to do for us, through us, and in us to raise our spirits up. Jezebel's around. Jezebel's near. And there will be more. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God never fails and he's going to be there to carry you if you're honest about where you are and you're obedient to what he calls you to do. Remember, when he fed Elijah, he said, now you gotta take another day's walk. Now that you're strong, you gotta walk a day and you're gonna go to this place. If we start walking and then veer off on our own path, if we start walking and then veer off on another path, if we don't listen to what God asks of us, we've been talking about this obedience, if we don't listen, we're not going to end up in the place where God can speak to us. Hmm? You're not going to end up on Mount Orem. You're not going to end up at the mouth of that cave, and you're not going to hear the gentle whisper that's going to change everything. God will feed your body your mind, and your spirit, and he will put people in your life to encourage you. Don't run from them, run to them. We need community. We need each other. Embrace it. Find people who will bring you up. Find people who will bring you out and let them speak love into your life. Jesus never Fails. Elijah left him and went back, took the yoke of ox and slaughtered them, burned the plows. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. And there was an incredible life waiting for him. Years later, on the other side, after Elijah's taken up, Elisha does great, mighty, and powerful things. Has times of doubt, but does great things in his service for the Lord. Be encouraged. Victories are coming. Community is being built. And Jesus saves. I want to leave you with this. I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how low the valley goes, no matter how deep the darkness of despair gets, God will never leave you. Just reach out. Be encouraged today. There's a Father who loves you. There's a Father that cares for you. There's a Father that will do infinitely more for you than you would ever ask or imagine if you'll ask. And listen. What's the old hymn? Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. I love you. God bless you. Have a great morning.